The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Perhaps share it with a friend. That would be nice. We could use the attention. I want to thank our sponsor right off the top. It's the all-inclusive podcast with Jay Ruderman of the Ruderman Foundation. Find that show anywhere you find your pods. Great interviews, great cause. The all-inclusive podcast with Jay Ruderman. And, um, oh my goodness, what a treat, because not only do I have a woman who's going to tell us about this amazing organization that she started, which helps women who are recovering from cancer, or I probably already didn't say that right. She'll, she'll correct me, but she's an old friend. We also both went to Penn. Oh my God, this so much. It's the CEO and co-founder of two unstoppable. Her name is Michelle Stravitz and she's in the virtual studio. Let's give her a round of applause. Yes. Yeah. Hello, Michelle. How good to see you. Hey there. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm very glad to be here. How is COVID? You're in Virginia, right? I am. I'm okay. in Fairfax, Virginia. Did that Did that pandemic thing, did that affect uh, Virginia at all? Because up here, it's, it's a bitch. It made it down there too, right? Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> I'd love to say no, but yeah, it how, certainly did. How have you survived the last couple of, now we have to say the last couple of years? How has it been for you, General? So it's actually been interesting. And uh, right away in explaining how I've dealt with COVID, I could probably loop right back into my cancer journey because uh, at the sure. very beginning of all of this, I actually recognized that in many ways, being a cancer survivor, survivor prepared me for COVID. Those of us who have been through the cancer experience recognized a lot of character of what it was like to go through COVID. Mm. We were used to being germphobic. We understood what it meant to have our health at risk and life-threatening uh, condition right in our faces. Did you, we were did you have used, to, used did, to? Sorry, Michelle. Did you have to quarantine? I just know this because my aunt Marge had uh, a form of leukemia way pre-COVID, and she had to stay. Yeah, she had to stay indoors for the better part of a year. Did you ever have to quarantine as part of your treatment? So I don't think I called it quarantine at the time, but I certainly went through chemotherapy and I had periods during that time where my immune system was down and my white blood cell count was down. So I had to be extra cautious. So there were periods of time when I went to the grocery store and didn't touch the cart Mm. or wiped it down or had someone else touch it for me. There were periods of time where I did not go into crowds. I couldn't eat certain kinds of food because of the bacteria. So I certainly understood the concept of learning how to be afraid of germs or aware of them, um, aware of being away from people. One of the things I remember was having to skip a couple of major um, life events or major holidays with crowds or families because I had to you know, kind of stay in a safe space. So I, we we've, who have been through this really understand that. And I think even more even more important, people who have been through cancer understand the concept of uncertainty and anxiety and not knowing what's next and not knowing exactly what's going to happen with your health or the, the loved ones around you. Mm. So in many ways, cancer prepared us for COVID. And so now we already have a general sense of your journey here. So the, your organization 
was founded. I, I, it doesn't take a detective to figure this out, but that's just how smart I am. Per, a personal situation. So, and I don't mean to make light of it, of course, but, but tell us a little bit about that. When, when were you diagnosed, if you don't mind telling us, and, and then how soon after did you realize there was, there was a need there? Of course. So I personally was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of breast cancer in June of 2015. So my life was turned upside down, as it is for most people who hear the word cancer. And um, I went through nine months of very aggressive treatment. I had 20 weeks of chemotherapy and surgery and then radiation. And so during that whole period of time, as I said, your life gets turned upside down. I dealt with a whole host of side effects, but I was really lucky because I had an oncologist who pretty early on told me that exercise was really important in my journey. She said that cancer-related fatigue is a really important and prevalent side effect for everyone, regardless of what your treatment is. Exercise is actually the number one treatment for fatigue. So she basically said to me, the more you move, the better you'll feel. The more you move, the less fatigued you'll be. And it's totally counterintuitive, but I am a rule follower. I did everything <laughs> she said. Yep. And so I took her words to heart. I always was, right? And I took her words to heart and I tried to move as much as I could during going into the whole cancer experience. I already was someone who was really into yoga and movement. And so I tried to incorporate yoga into my exercise experience, but I also signed up for some special exercise classes at the local cancer support center. And I realized that there were things I could do to modify what I, my exercise to deal with some of my side effects. There's a lot of things that happen to you through various types of cancer treatments and the list goes on and on. But I learned how to modify. I learned how to take care of myself. I learned how effective and important exercise can be. And so that ended up being part of my personal experience. Exercise had sort of been in and out of before cancer. And lots of us are like, like that, right? Us, we join right. the gym, we go for a while, <laughs> then we stop, yes. and then we kick ourselves, and then we start again. So I had been that kind of person. But once I got into the cancer journey, I started to realize how important it was. And then it was actually after treatment that the lesson really hit home. I attended a lot of webinars and seminars and classes on cancer survivorship. And those can range anywhere from the emotional roller coaster you go on as a survivor. There are um, classes on nutrition. There are classes on the emotional well-being. There are classes on feeling a little better. There are classes on chemo brain. I was I had a lot of chemotherapy and it can cause some brain fog. So I took a class on that. And every single class told me to exercise. Mm. So regardless of the topic, exercise was one of the solutions for the problem. And so I began to realize how important exercise was to someone who has been diagnosed with cancer. And I remember going one day to the for one of my exercise um, classes at the Cancer Support Center. And I said, do you have any idea what, how important what you're doing is? And I just realized that it really could impact almost every element of my cancer survivorship experience. So that's how I learned how important it is and realized that not, not everyone knows that, right? So most people connect smoking and cancer, right? People make that connection. Most people connect exercise and heart health. But not a lot of people connect exercise and cancer. So the truth is that exercise, regular exercise, as it is recommended for the general population, has been shown to reduce people's risk of at least 13 different types of cancers. Mm. And once you're already diagnosed, 
for example, in the area of breast cancer, which is which was my diagnosis, mm-hmm. women who exercise regularly have 40% lower recurrence rates. Mm. And that's what every cancer survivor is afraid of. Right. That's what we live about, right? We're all afraid of recurrence. Even more importantly, women with a breast cancer diagnosis who exercise regularly according to the recommendations have been shown through a lot of research to have about the same number, 40% better survival rates. So we're talking about life and death, actually. And it's also, exercise is also something that is in your control. It's something you can do after you're done with during treatment, but then again, after you're done with the active treatment, when the doctors aren't hovering over you anymore, and you're sort of saying, well, what can I do to improve my own outcome? Exercise is there for you. So the more I learned about this, number one, how important it had been in my own journey, number two, how important it is for most survivors. And then the third thing was that not everybody knows this, right? Not every doctor is telling their patients to exercise regularly. And even if they do, The patients don't know what that means or how to do it. And they're afraid about their side effects and the impact of those. In 2017, I sat down with a friend of mine who was also a breast cancer survivor a few years before me. And we talked about what we could do to make a difference. And she also had had exercise as a really important part of her journey. She's very different from me. For like 20 years, she's kind of been a gym rat. And so it was part of her experience from day one. She had to pull back just a little bit when she was in treatment, but she was able to have exercise be an important part of her journey as well. And for her, it was all about the emotional well-being. Exercise can reduce anxiety. It can make you feel better. It can make you feel more normal at a time when cancer makes you feel very out of control and very not normal. But it so must, for Michelle, her, Michelle, it was more emotional. It must be hard, though. I mean, it's I I understand the logic completely. But were there times where your physical condition, your fatigue, it would seem like <laughs> most people would say that's a good excuse. Well, I'm going to take a break from the gym. I mean, look at what's going on with me. Was it just a matter of kind of forcing yourself? Were there moments where you felt like you couldn't do it and you just did? Yes, yes, and yeah. There is no doubt that there are days during treatment that you don't have the energy to walk to the mailbox, let alone go for active, vigorous walk for 30 minutes or an exercise class. But then there are days when you feel a little better and you can use that time. The other thing is that sometimes you say to yourself, I'm just going to try. I'll try for five or 10 minutes and I'll see how I feel. And I'll I'll be kind to myself. One of the mantras I use and I um, recommend to so many women with a cancer diagnosis is be patient with your body. So maybe not today, maybe tomorrow you'll feel better. So that's one thing. You have to forgive yourself. You have to be patient with your body and you have to understand that there may be days when you can't get up. However, I also learned a lot about how important this was and each of us finds our own flame of motivation, right? That's true in the general population. I mean, we're all supposed to exercise. It's good for everyone. And yet it's hard. So each of us has to figure out how we can be internally motivated. What is that one or two pieces of information or thoughts or ideas or concerns that's going to spark the fire in you to get up and exercise today? So each of us is different. I know the one fact that got me going every day and and really honed in how important it was. And that just kind of drove me. Everyone has a difference. So when someone says to me, what's the most important reason to exercise? I say it's the reason that that makes you go do it. 
That, mm-hmm. That's the best reason. So yeah, you have to wait, find wait, wait, wait. What what was yours, or was yours just to stay healthy? No, there's something else. She, you you can't see it, listeners, but Michelle's looking like the cat that swallowed the canary. So tell me, what was it? I I love telling this one. Okay. So I was in a class once when they told me that in normal aging, in the normal aging process, you might lose three or four pounds every ten years. So all else being equal, if you don't do something about it, you're probably going to lose, I'm sorry, three to four pounds of muscle mass over a period of 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that's just regular aging. You can lose the same amount of muscle mass in six months of chemotherapy. Mm. So that fact alone made me realize that I have to work really hard to gain back muscle mass that I had lost. I was in almost six months of chemotherapy Mm. and it just, it really was true. I had very little left in my arms. I remember like in terms of muscle, Mm. I mean, there's just nothing left of me at the end of chemo. And I remember going to a bar class once just decided to try it. And we were doing these um, upper body exercises where you're supposed to hold small weights. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to do it with just my, my, the weight of my own arm. My, my hands were empty. Mm-hmm. I had no weight in my hands and wow. I could barely do the exercises with just, but you know what? Over time, again, be patient with your body. I built it back slowly, right? I added a pound and then another pound and then another pound. And slowly I built that muscle mass back. But that, that was something that the vision, visualizing that was really a motivator for me. Everyone's a little different. Some people want to have the energy to be with their kids. Some people are just concerned about recurrence. And I will tell you, recurrence was definitely a big one in my mind as well. So so there's there's, there's certainly the internal motivation, right? You have to have your reasons. And then what you also need is accountability and support. So I'm going to loop back here yeah. because I did co-found an organization called Two Unstoppable. And what we're all about, and I'm happy to share more, but what we're really all about is oncology exercise coupled with social support. So what we provide is a community and some buddy systems and some ways of participating in a community of women that all have been through a cancer diagnosis, are all trying to get moving. But they, it, this incorporates as well the social support, which helps you. So part of my story is that the friend in, uh, with which I co-founded Two Unstoppable, and that's the number two, Unstoppable, was based on our personal story. She was a few years behind me. And when she was, when I was going through treatment, she came to me and said, what can I do for you? What can I do to help you? And I said, walk with me. I'm supposed to get moving. I have to walk my dog and I'm afraid to walk alone. During chemo, I was afraid to walk alone. What if I get dizzy? What if I get tired? I I can't get home. So she would come and walk with me. And while we walked, we talked. So she was able to provide some insight. What's it like to have uh, this kind of surgery? What's it like to go through radiation? While we walked, we had those supportive conversations. I had another experience with someone else I knew that was also going through chemotherapy at the same time as me. And she came every Friday morning and we walked together. So she was kind of a fitness buddy for me. But with that social support, we were able to get ourselves out and support one another through our process. We would talk about what treatment was like, what the next steps were, what it was like to go through life milestones during treatment, picking out a wig for her daughter's wedding, for example. So 
if she wasn't showing up on Friday morning, I might not have gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe I was a little tired that day, but because I had the accountability to someone else, I got going. So Two Unstoppable was founded in two, 2017 under the premise of the concept of social support and an online fitness buddy matching program. So that number two is not because there are two co-founders. It's because the power of two in the social support is really, is very, really, very important. Well, but it kind of is because there are two of you because you were that social support to each other. Right. But I, but I, I, I catch your drift. It's it's two unstoppable. The numeral two, if you're looking for it on the web, the numeral two unstoppable dot org. And so, but my next question is, I guess the natural one is is how specifically do you help people, and and are you distinct to the Virginia area or what? And the idea is, I, I mean, I can see a button right on your website. It says sign up for a fitness buddy. So yeah, is it kind of like getting a roommate in college? Like, what if you don't like your buddy? Anyways, tell me about tell me about how it works. Two Unstoppable provides a variety of programming to help women get moving. And just like the reason to exercise is unique to each person, somewhat unique to each person, right? And the type of exercise you like might be unique to each person. Similarly, the exact program that we provide might be unique to each person. So we provide a whole host of different options to engage with Two Unstoppable so that we can help you in a way that's most useful to you. So for example, one of the things as you saw, sign up for a buddy, we offer a free online fitness buddy matching program Mm. for women with a cancer diagnosis. So there's a ton of research that shows that social support's important and that a fitness buddy can help you to not only maintain a fitness routine, but also maybe to work a little harder right? Mm -hmm. To get going a little stronger. So you might walk a little longer, walk a little further, walk a little faster if you're with someone else, or you might push yourself a little harder on the weights or on the bike or in the pool. If you're with someone else, not only are you more likely to get out there, you're also more likely to go a little further and a little harder. So we provide this fitness buddy matching program. It works a lot like a dating service. You (laughs) sign up, you You set up a profile, including a picture. There's no swiping, but we do allow people once they're set up and once they're approved, it is moderated for safety. We we let you kind of scroll through and look at the profiles of other women that have signed up to find a buddy and you can search based on criteria important to you. So some women are looking for someone else with a similar diagnosis. Some women are looking for someone in a similar age range, in the same zip code, or maybe it's the type of exercise you like to do, right? Or maybe it's your fitness goals. So you can search on criteria important to you, and then you can message someone in the system. We don't tell you who to match with. We allow you to figure that out for yourself, but we're providing the platform. And we have over 500 women on the system now signed up to, to find a buddy, and it just keeps growing. One of the things you asked about is whether or not we're local to the Virginia area. Right. We are not. Okay. We are a nationwide program. We have a nationwide presence. It's mostly virtual and on the web. So the Fitness Buddy Batching Program is on the web. We have women signed up from all over the country. I will tell you that a larger number or percentage-wise of women that are from the Washington, D.C. area, because when we first founded. This is where we were. This is the medical community we knew. And this is where we marketed the most, right? It was just easier to do that. However, the pandemic has actually provided an interesting opportunity, both for the concept of a virtual buddy. So a woman from California can buddy up with a woman from Connecticut and just be 
virtual buddies with one another. And it's been incredibly effective. So we now have women signed up from all over the country. And we've, we've gained a lot of visibility during the pandemic, actually, as people get more and more comfortable with the virtual platform. Similarly, we offer a whole host of online virtual classes, typically live. We do have some videos on our website that are offered but the most important ones are the ones where it's a class uh, on weekends. We provide all sorts of opportunities to try different modalities of exercise specifically designed for those with a cancer diagnosis. So there is a field called oncology exercise, and it's we only work with fitness professionals who are certified to work with cancer patients wow. and survivors. There is such a thing. Mm -hmm. And so you need to find someone who understands the side effects that you're dealing with and the recovery goals that you may have and the limitations or modifications that are necessary to accommodate those. And so we offer yoga for cancer. We offer a Pilates class taught by a cancer exercise specialist. We offer Zumba taught by a cancer exercise specialist. We've tried pickleball. We've tried belly dancing. We've tried all kinds of different modalities of exercise. And what we say is like, we want you to try it with us. And if you love it, go find it for yourself, but try it and see what works for you. See what form of exercise you're most likely to pursue. Every single one of these classes in incorporates both that oncology exercise with social support. So we're creating a community of women. We also have once a month meetups on, it's usually towards the end of the month on a Sunday evening at seven o'clock. And it's just, again, the virtual environment has offered the opportunity to do these more comfortably for everyone. So we do Zoom meetups and the meetups are all about encouraging each other to get moving. So we share ideas on how to get moving. We have speakers that talk about how to get moving and we try to make that, as accessible to women as possible. So and then, are you going to let me get a word in, Michelle? This is, this used to be my podcast. I think it's yours now. I know. And I kid because I love. But the sounds like the pandemic really allowed you to grow. Right? It sounds like it didn't slow. Because most, most of this stuff, like you say, is, is kind of built for virtual. So I take it even post-pandemic, if that if that era ever hits us here in America. Post-pandemic, you'll continue to do a lot of it because it well, lends itself, I take it, to, to the a buddy, someone checking in. It would be nice to be in person, but it's not uh, necessary, right? No, in fact, not only has the pandemic allowed us to grow, what we have begun to realize in the cancer community is that the virtual environment is here to stay. Mm -hmm. So for women going through cancer treatment, it's often not feasible for them to go to a regular gym because of the germs. Remember, we you know talked about that. So when I was in treatment, for example, I only worked out at the cancer support center because I felt comfortable, safe with regard to the germs. I didn't want to go into a crowded yoga class where everybody's breathing on me. So in the cancer community, the virtual environment is definitely here to stay. That's what everyone's realizing. And even as people begin to sort of creep out there and go back to the gym and go back to the yoga studios, the cancer community is the last one to do that mm. because they are still very immunocompromised for many women. And they're also, they've are also they also experienced a great deal of stress, financial considerations. And so the virtual classes are really... One of the incredible opportunities that we've had during the pandemic was to launch something that we had always wanted to launch, but the in-person environment needing space for a small fledgling nonprofit was a huge challenge. So actually last September, we launched one of the most unique and special programs that we offer. It's called Two Unstoppable Strong. 
and it's a that's another one of your members joining up right now it's it's happening you're you're like sitting behind they're the, always <laughs> it's like a they're telephone always, they're always calling the phone lines are so, lighting up yes um, go ahead sorry we have it's a it's a small group progressive exercise training class for women who have completed cancer treatment so two unstoppable strong targets women the first group targets women who have completed treatment within the last year. That's a, a, a really important launching pad when you've completed treatment and you're looking at what, I, what can I do to reduce my chances of recurrence and what can I do to recover from all of these treatments and all the side effects. So they're like new survivors. So Two Unstoppable Strong is offered to these women. It's a very small class, six to 10 is the maximum. And it's offered on the virtual platform. So it has allowed us to offer a really important type of exercise class, a 10-week program taught by a cancer exercise specialist to women all across the country. And we have had about, I think we've had seven sessions so far that have been very successful in this, in this group, in this population. And they're participating from all over the country. It's an incredible program. It's all on our website and it is unique and unusual, a unique and unusual offering. And there's nothing like this offered in the United States on the virtual platform targeted towards women. And then we've also started a couple of sessions recently for men living with metastatic breast cancer. Well, I'm exhausted with all this information, all of which is awesome. But if you want more information, Go to twounstoppable.org and you're, you're funded by, you're, you're a uh, nonprofit, you're, you're funded by donations or what, what can people help you by donating or how does that work? Thank you for asking that question. I was, Two not, Unstoppable prompted. Is... I was not prompted to ask that question. It was my own question. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Two Unstoppable is a nonprofit. We actually are very grateful for any private donations. We need all of the support we can get. We're very committed to offering our programs to women without creating a financial barrier to those women. So we want to make sure our programs are either offered at no cost or at a very minimal cost to women with a cancer diagnosis. Women with a cancer diagnosis have enough barriers to exercise. They don't need an additional financial one. So we're very grateful for any donations. We've been supported by a couple of foundations, private family foundations, but every single donation counts and we are grateful for everyone. And there is a donate button on our website. So so www.2unstoppable.org. There's a place to donate and support our work. We are we are really grateful for that. So cool. And thank you. And yes, please give people. It, it, needless to say, it's a, it's a worthy cause. And we want Michelle to be able to keep doing this for years and years into the future. Because sadly, there will be a need for it certainly in the foreseeable future, right? Actually, the cancer survivor population, fortunately and unfortunately, yep. is only growing, right? right. There are... Um, 17, there were 17 million cancer survivors in the United States in 2019. That just continues to grow. The good news is that 68% of cancer, uh, those diagnosed with cancer will survive. The survival rates are climbing, which is wonderful. But it also means that there's a whole new field supporting the cancer survivor population. So it's mm. really important that we do that. And 70% of people who have been diagnosed with cancer are not meeting exercise guidelines today. We got to get them out there and, and working out for sure. By the way, I just wanted to ask you, I don't know why this question popped into my head. Do you have a favorite song to work out to or a kind of music? There is, there are a couple of songs with the word unstoppable in them. <laughs> and um, every time that one of the exercise trainers teaches a class to one of those songs, I get teary eyed. It just feels really special. So look them up on Spotify. <laughs> the, um, the Sia song, Unstoppable. 
I don't know if this is so much of a workout song, but sounds inspiring. There's one. Yeah. I'll smile on what it takes to fool this down. I'll do it till the sun goes down. This is a good tune. I haven't heard this. I don't want to make you cry, yep. though, Michelle. So that, Too late. That's un- <laughs> oh, sorry. That's Sia with Unstoppable. I bet a lot of your members listen to that that song, uh, fight song. That that's that's kind of that kind of does it for me. I mean, it doesn't make me cry, but it's it is pretty inspirational. Now I forget who sings that fight song. Oh, come on, people, you know that it's uh, Ra- uh, I don't know. So we're gonna take a break before. Is it Rachel Platten? Is that who sings fight song? Is she a one hit wonder? Where's my in, where's my intern? I guess it is. All right, we're going to take a break, but before we go, we'll play a quick round of good stuff where both Michelle and I will recommend something good for you, the listening audience, to maybe brighten your day. And we're going to be back in just about 51 seconds, so hang with us, will you kids, please? Hi, I'm Jay Ruderman. All Inclusive is a podcast focused on inclusion and social justice. Join me as I interview leaders and experts on the latest news focused on advocacy for social justice. In order to make progress that will lead to a more equitable future, honest discussions must be held. That is what All Inclusive is all about. Listen and subscribe to the All Inclusive podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Visit the show website for more information and full episode transcripts at www.allinclusivepodcast.com. And back here with my good friend, Michelle Stravitz, who it's strange. I mean, I knew you when you were Michelle Marcus, and you probably don't get called that anymore (laughs) because it's been years. Nope. But I want everyone to know Michelle still looks as adorable as she looked back at Camp Tell Noah in the summer of 1987 or something. That was probably about your last year. She's thinking. You're right. (laughs) I I know way too much about our beloved summer camp. Anyway, this has been inspirational. And just let's get a little bit more inspirational. Give you something to smile about. Here's a segment of good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. Most most guests dance to the B-52s. Uh, it's too late. You missed your chance. Now, Michelle, Michelle, I'll let you go first. Tell us uh, something you want to share with our listeners that might brighten their day. I guess I just need to share the idea that, you know, when anything's stressing you out, when you get bad news, when something's difficult, when you're feeling anxious, just breathe. The breath is always with you. Just breathe. All right. Let's all do it together, listeners. Well, that reminds me, I mean, are there, have you ever tried meditation? Cause I've tried it and it's never really stuck with me. Have you done that? So I have, I've tried meditation. I absolutely am a huge fan of mindfulness. And I will tell you that actually, when I went through cancer treatment, I used a lot of visualizations to get through it. So when I sat through chemotherapy, I was actually with a headset on my head, listening to visualizations and they really helped me to, um, to cope and to welcome the treatment into my body. Mm-hmm. Well, for my suggestion for good stuff today, I was looking for something as inspirational as Michelle's organization or something to kind of go with the theme. And I, I got nothing, but I do have a good distraction <laughs> and it's something good on Netflix that you can always watch. And, and it's something very light 
for a break. And if you're a movie fan, you will dig this. I'm going to play a little bit of the trailer for this Netflix show, which is called The Movies That We Love. And if you grew up when Michelle and I did, you'll recognize some of these movies. And it's just kind of a, a look at the look behind some of the films. I'm going to let the trailer do the uh, speaking for itself. I'm just obsessed with Christmas. And I love the script. And I was like, I'm in. Having absolutely no idea what we were about to find out. I wrote Ghostbusters. The concept was kind of a brand new idea. I remember I read the script for Dirty Dancing. So the rough cut's done. He looks over at my bosses and says, burn the negative and collect the insurance. <laughs> oh, no. Why did we waste our money on this? <laughs> a lot of the actors read the script and they go, this guy's like a wimp. All the hero of this movie does is try to hide and get help. We've run out of studios. 42 rejection letters. They were really afraid of a girl's movie. It's just so ridiculously violent. It's so scary to watch. They really do the stuff. We thought it was a pretty good movie, but we had no idea it was going to have the effect it did on the audience. So that last guy was someone connected with the movie Home Alone, but the movies mentioned in this, what, what you just heard, Obviously, Ghostbusters, Home Alone, Die Hard. And the theme here is kind of all of them seemed like crazy ideas at the time and weren't going to get made. But they obviously were all huge successes. And uh, out of those, did, did you do you have a favorite out of those four that I just mentioned, Michelle? Were you a Dirty Dancing fan? No? I always loved Dirty Dancing. But watching the movie clips reminded me of one line that I absolutely love from a different movie, but kind of from that time. And so I, I always loved in the Jerry Maguire movie, the line, you know, you had me at hello. Yes. So, and it actually inspired me. Can't help myself. Always looping yeah. back to yeah. Unstoppable. I recommend you read my blog called mm-hmm. You Had Me at Fatigue. Oh. So, <laughs> so wait, I, now I have to translate that. So in other words, whenever you hear somebody say fatigue, that's your cue to come in and, and help them? Is that is that where it comes from? Or, huh? No? No. Nope. Oh, if, if you're looking for reasons to exercise, I could list 100 for women who have been diagnosed with cancer. I could easily list 100 different reasons. But if all all I needed to hear was fatigue, it'll mm-hmm. help it'll help address my fatigue. So my whole article, my whole blog was about you had me at fatigue. Cool. Well, so now if I don't get out and at least walk a couple miles today, I'm going to feel like a real slug. But this has been awesome. I hope you had fun, Michelle. I totally had fun. Okay. And I love talking about this. I love sharing the message. And remember, exercise is good. Do it more. Especially if you've had cancer. Okay, I haven't had cancer, but I'm still um inspired and exercise is good. <laughs> Do it more. <laughs> <laughs> two two out of three is plenty. Once again, go to twounstoppable.org. The number two, the numeral two, unstoppable.org. And thanks to Michelle. This has been so cool catching up with you, an old friend, but also learning about your cause more importantly, which is just fantastic. Keep it up. Keep it up. I know you will. I want to thank our sponsor also, the all-inclusive podcast with Jay Ruderman. And check that out anywhere you find your podcasts. And go to pod617.com if you want your own show. That's what we do. We produce shows here at the Boston Podcast Network in our Westwood studios, but also a lot of stuff remotely, just like your meetups, Michelle. We can do it remotely. Of course we can. On behalf of Michelle Stravitz, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston... You must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Get inspired. Get moving.